Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Sports Log. This is kind of an interesting podcast because I'm the only actual host that's going to be on. But this is our Premier League preview. Um, I guess no one else wanted to do it, though I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, uh, to Noah, who's a West Brom fan. I hope that they can stay up for his sake, but we will discuss that. <laughs> we'll discuss that in just a bit. Um, uh, we do have two special guests, two friends of mine from uh, from the University of Maryland, one current student, uh, one one graduated, uh, same class as me. So I will introduce them in just a bit. We're going to talk a lot of stuff about uh, what's going to happen this year in the Prem. Obviously, crazy season last year. Liverpool won their first top flight title in three decades, which was amazing to see. And Leeds got promoted to the Prem for the first time in 16 years. So that'll be exciting. I know that there was already a crazy game between them and Liverpool today. So I'm sure that we'll talk about, you know, a few of the games games that happened um, at least today and preview some games that happened tomorrow. But we're going to discuss top six. Um, we're going to discuss uh, the relegation battle, bottom three, possibly first manager gets sacked, players of the year, uh, overachievers, underachievers, all that good stuff. But first, uh, we have to introduce our two special guests. So Tom, Andy, whoever wants to go first, you guys can pick. Okay. Well, hello. Um, so first of all, Alex, thank you very much for having me on. I suppose now's a good time to give up my allegiance. I am, of course, a massive Liverpool fan. Um, excited for what the lads can do this year, although I will absolutely not make any sort of official prediction because that has hurt me in the past. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> cheers move. for having me on. <laughs> I, so I was. So I, I. I don't think I ever asked you this, but are you actually from Liverpool, or like, like no. where are you from? So I was born in the Midlands, so about okay. equidistant from Liverpool and London. Okay. To give you a rough idea, my mum and dad, though, were both born in this town called Warrington, which is about 15 minutes from Liverpool. Okay, well, that makes sense. It's descended through the family, mate. So okay, okay, then that makes sense. That makes sense. I was like, yeah, no, hey, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, Andy, you're up. I think what, what Tom is really saying is he should be a big West Brom fan as well. Technically, <laughs> technically, technically, I should be a Villa fan. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Technically, okay. I should be an Aston Villa fan. Yeah, we'll... makes a little. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Uh, yes, I'm um, Andy. Thanks for having me on. Big first time, uh, first time caller, long time listener. I think that's the thing people say on on radio. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it's uh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a little bit different than Tom because I number one have zero affiliation with any Premier League team because I am incredibly American. And two, I'm, I'm confirmed. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's a little bit on the other end of the of the table uh, as of late and forever, basically. Um, you know, we, uh, we we just we battle through. We have some good times and mostly bad times, but it's fun. Yeah, yeah. For those that don't know, Andy's a West Ham fan. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. It, hey, they did have some good seasons. You know, you know, before they tore down the bowling ground and yeah. went to London Stadium. And that I don't think yeah, that's I mean, the, gone the well. Final season at the bowling ground was magical. Uh, seventh place was Slavin Village. Uh, it's kind of it's been a little bit downward from here, but uh, I'll let you get into it. Yeah. So, well, I, I should say so. My allegiance. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna like feel like such an idiot saying this, but like okay. So I like watching YouTube a lot, and one of the main YouTubers I used to watch uh, was, was a man by the name of uh, of um, uh, JJ Olatunji, also known as KSI. Oh no! He's a big Arsenal fan. <laughs> no, I know, I know. It's a, it's. A, I know it's a thing. I'm not. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm ashamed of it. I do like the sidemen though. But it's yeah. So he kind of sparked it, and then started watching games. And I was like, oh, Arsenal should support them. And now I'm like, I don't know if I should have done that because like they really disappoint me. <laughs> Stick to your club. <laughs> They're just Stick such a to yeah. your club. Even the when union. it hurts. <laughs> the union. Especially That's what I'm gonna do. True. 
true, especially when it hurts, mate. Especially and you know what? Union isn't Kevin Durant. Did he buy some of the union? Yeah, yeah. He bought like a five percent stock in the team. So like, so like what a lad. And it, it makes sense because he's a snake, and like, and like the snake is like our mascot. So there like, we go. It's it's perfect. It's perfect for him. Twitter <laughs> had fun with that, Ben. <laughs> I'm sure they did. I don't, I don't know exactly, but. So, yeah, so um, let's get into it, talking about the top six. Um, I guess let's start out with the Champions League spots, so, so the top four. Who are we feeling like are going to be um, the teams that are going to stand out cream of the crop? I know I don't want to go – I don't want to say who's going to win the Prem because I don't think that's like, you know, I, I, I don't think we should do that. But if I we prefer not go, to speak. Yeah, that's I will fine. Say, I will say who will win the Premier League. Okay. I'm that, ballsy enough to do it. No, that's fine. Uh, sorry, Tom. It is Manchester City. Uh, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, I, I think it's I, – I mean, I hate it, obviously, but I think it's <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, No, it's um, an accurate take. <laughs> yeah, no, but, uh, yeah, if you want to go for a Champions League, just kind of going down that top four, uh, Man City, then Liverpool, I think runners-up. Um, Arsenal sneak in, in my opinion, just because I'm – I really enjoy what Aubameyang has been doing lately, and I think that, mm-hmm. that kind of papers over some of the other issues, and I think, you know, as long as they clean up against – uh, the West Ham's of the world. You you can finish pretty highly in the league. Uh, then I will go with Chelsea at number four, which I I've been I've been really debating if I want to even put them that high, but I I am doing that because I am you know I I think I'm into Timo Werner and seeing what he does, and I like strikers. So we'll see. That's my top four. No, yeah. I like that. All right, I'm, all right. I'm inclined um, to agree. Well, for me, for me, um, I I'm gonna put Man City and Liverpool in the same kind of zone. Um, yeah, I feel that. Every every year, though, no matter how good um, Liverpool are or maybe it's Chelsea next year or whoever, right? Man City have Pep Guardiola, who is either the first or the second best manager in the world, and they have the best squad in the Premier League in terms of depth through and through. Yeah. And I think, I think that always makes them the favourites, no matter what. Um, so City, Liverpool, loosely. Um, I'm, you know what? I'm going to hate it. But I think Manchester United might finish third this year. I think they're looking a lot better. I think if that strike force delivers like it did, then they are they are a completely different team. I think I think they could be quite good. And then fourth, I think Chelsea, but I think they sneak in because okay. they've spent so much money and they don't I don't know if Lampard's a good enough manager to make them gel immediately. I think they'll take some time, but I think they'll be good towards the end of the season so that's my top yeah. four I'm gonna agree with you guys on City and Liverpool I mean it's so easy to pick them just because like I, I just feel like they're like they're like so far and beyond just like the two best best clubs in yeah. the league and I mean and, and then and then when I heard the news that like oh Messi might be signing a deal to go to go to Liverpool and I was like I mean I mean you go to City and I was like <laughs> I almost destroyed my roommate. I was like sitting there. I was sitting there like on my laptop when I got that notification in, you know, in college, like first day back. And I wanted to throw some stuff like, oh my God, it would have been mad. And then, and then the craziest thing would have been that, that like 37 year old Messi would have went to New York City FC in the MLS. And I would have been like, yeah, exactly. The pipeline. <laughs> so, I mean, say what you want about that. City's City's such a top to bottom, just an amazing team. Um, I know that I mean company just retired, right? I believe I, I believe that that just happened recently. But I mean, even even with even with his uh, even with his departure, 
like top to bottom, they're such a strong squad. And I just, I, I see that, I, I see them being, I mean, and, and De Bruyne is such a class player in the midfield and he's literally, he, Best he's, in the he's, league. he is, yeah, he's one of the, he, he's one of the best midfielders in the world, to be honest. And one of the best players in the, in, in the Prem. He's, it, it was such a good pickup for them. And it's such a good signing for them. And he's going to be, he's just going to continue to be so good. And then obviously Liverpool having won the league last year, really not having made that much wholesale changes, but like you don't need to when you had a squad that um, they were they were this close to setting the Premier League record for most points in a season and I don't I mean I mean they lost to Arsenal which like I don't really know if that if that much matters toward the end of the year but when you're when you're that good you really don't need to make that much wholesale changes and Mo Salah looked insane today he looked he looked so Virgil Van Dijk on the goal that he scored somehow got completely open um, in the in the six yard box, no one no one touched him, and like, it was funny because like he didn't really like head it that hard, but it, it looked like he headed it so hard that like the goalkeeper caught it, and then like and then he like got pushed back. I was, I was saying Alex, I was saying Alex, I was watching, I was watching with a couple of my friends, um, and I said honestly, if Virgil Van Dijk headed a ball at me, I would die. Like the speed <laughs> that comes, like oh my. God, the velocity is terrifying. But yeah, as you were saying, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, there, and I mean, like you, obviously a team that wins the Prem, there's a reason why they won the Prem. And a team like Liverpool that had been waiting for so long had finally put the pieces together. And Jurgen Klopp is like the perfect manager for them. Um, just like he was at Borussia Dortmund. It's the same thing has happened here. Unlike Borussia Dortmund, he won the Champions League. So that's huge. Or, I mean, he won the Champions League with Liverpool. So that's huge. But he, I mean, they're, it, it's going to be a race between them to see who wins. Ah, uh, the, the other two. I, I, I'm inclined to go United, Chelsea, maybe not in that order, but just like them. Possibly, I mean, I don't know about Leicester. I said as a joke, Wolves, but like honestly, Wolves are kind of a low key team that could jump into a top four spot, kind of like what Leicester did last year. Because I don't really think that many people thought that they were going to be as good as they were. Um, they definitely over over exceeded expectations. I obviously, I mean, I love Chelsea for the um, uh, for 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 Pulisic, and 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 he's getting back healthy. I know he had the um uh, uh, the hamstring injury at the end of the year, but I think he got back into the squad and started, or got back into the team and started practicing in the last week or so. And he said that he was going to possibly be healthy for the game tomorrow. And he went off from the restart. Like from the restart, Pulisic was one of the best players in the Prem, no doubt. I think that that I think that that Chelsea team. I mean, that Chelsea team has been consistently top six, top four. I mean, I know they had that slip to ten a couple years back, a couple seasons back, and they were were battling in the relegation zone. But they've definitely found their stride. And then United's turned things around in a way that I didn't think was possible for them because they were really in purgatory for a while and in, in kind of the same way that I feel like Arsenal's in purgatory. But I also think Arsenal's coming out of that, and I think that United's definitely out of that and getting into the, in, into the Champions League, getting into a Champions League spot at the end of last season really helped out. So I think it could be a fight between them, and I'm trying to think, like, maybe Arsenal, but, like, I don't want to be biased in saying that they're going to do it. I just don't know if they have the pieces to get to a top-four spot yet. I think that it's going to take another year for them to really compete for that. I think they could – winning the FA Cup and the Community Shield for as much as the Community Shield is worth is, is worth something, but I think that's going to help in due time toward the, I would say, like, the second half of this year or of this season and then going into next season. So I'm just going to be, I'm just going to say City, Liverpool, United, and Chelsea is my top four. I, I wanted to jump in real quick. Right. Uh, Tom yeah, mentioned, okay. 
<laughs> Tom mentioned earlier uh, something about he doesn't believe in Frank Lampard as a manager, um, at least not yet, to, to, to gel a team. But then you put Man United at third. Uh, yeah. You oh, he's coming after in, me now. It's like being believe, a... Do you believe in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, however you pronounce it? I mean, like, I... Ole, you don't. Uncultured <laughs> swine. Continue. Ole. <laughs> All I know is that I don't really believe in him. Arteta has really proven to me. Frank Lampard, I, I feel like, you know, okay, unproven. But do you really believe in Ole? You know, if you so, want... so here's the thing. Here's the fundamental difference. And I think I should have clarified this. Frank Lampard, as a manager, tactically, I think he can probably do it, but I don't know if he has the man management skills yet. I think the thing about Ole at Man United is that the players respect him. In fact, the players love him. He has the club legend aura, right, as well as actually being one. I don't think Lampard has quite asserted that kind of, you know, like, almost like, it's weird because you know how, like, when you see great, it's like the unconditional love, right, from manager to player. I think the United team has that for Ole and they don't, Chelsea don't have that for Lampard yet. But, I, okay. you know, that, that's a culture. It can be cultivated, right? And I think it will. But that's true. So and, and, and both of them so are club money. legends. I mean, I mean, both of them are club legends. So, honestly, I, I mean, in, in both of those instances, you can you can cultivate that relationship knowing that, like, Lampard was a legend at Chelsea and Ole was a legend at, at, at United and had one of the most famous goals in club history. True. The other thing you've got to say, though, with Lampard, Andy, is that the pressure has got to be absolutely immense. The amount of money they have just spent. Yeah. Absolutely. All for him. Yeah. All for him. What is it? 300 mil now, if you think about it. It's, it's, not, it's a it's lot. It's over 200 million pounds. It's many monies, yeah. right? So the point is, is that Maybe, well, I mean, if you're Pep Guardiola, for example, you can have 500 mil spent on you and you'll be fine. But, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a different ball game altogether when someone's throwing that much money at you and believing in you like that. I think it might take some time. And I think Abramovich is going to have to have a lot of trust, which he hasn't necessarily done before. Yeah, he needs to... He's not necessarily gun shy when it comes to pulling the plug on a on a project, and and I think yeah. he needs to be and, and give it time. And maybe that's why. I mean, it feels weird calling him Ole because I've said Ole for like two years now. But I'm I'm, I'm still gonna probably call <laughs> him Ole to be honest. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, he he actually has had the time, which, which is a little bit you know nice. Should have sacked him. You know they they should have, but now they've actually given him time, and I think I think I think people can be a little bit too quick to pull the plug and. And not to pull West Ham into a conversation they have no right to be in. Uh, I think I think they've had. But you're doing it anyway. I'm doing it anyway. Uh, they, they've 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 done too much uh, herky jerky between managers, where there's you know you, you give all these different managers a finite amount of time. That means you have to completely overhaul tactics. Your your players are completely changing year to year. You might drop 20 million on one player, and the next manager says, "I don't even need them," and, and so yeah. can really put a club a step back and a step back, and a step back, and now suddenly, you know, you're not doing as well. So I think you got to give managers a little bit of time. Uh, and I think, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe Man United is going to see the fruit of, of that of that labor. Uh, instead of, you know, pulling the plug, they're going to maybe pop into the top four. I don't think they will, but that's, you know, what do I know? I'm some random kid sitting there. <laughs> this is true, but this is why we are, this is why we are speculating on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that is that not podcasting as a whole? That is. This is true. This is true. This is a good point. Anyway, Alex, what's our next category, mate? Yeah. So I think that the best place to go from here is obviously you know uh, the Europa League spots. So five six. So I think. I don't know. So Leicester and Tottenham had that, but I think Tottenham would be in like whatever like opening stages to get into. Like they don't have like secured spot in the group stage yet. They have qualifying to, round, yeah. Yeah, which and, means you've got to go to bloody Belarus to play yeah, the exactly. division side and, and lose what, one nil. Would Arsenal be in that same category as well because they won the FA Cup, or where would they be? They're straight, they're straight in. If you, if you get, FA. they're straight in. Okay, I just I, I didn't know to make pretty sure. I, what do I know? But I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I think they I think they go straight in, mate. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. So we have so we have uh, Arsenal, Leicester, and Tottenham currently in the either in the group stage or qualifying of the Europa League. Uh, so that could mean that seven teams get in if one of those you know if if some other team wins the FA Cup. But how are we feeling about the Europa League qualification spots and or group stage spots? Who do we feel like is going to be, you know, that like next tier? So um, we can get more into maybe a couple of the other clubs that I'm going to I'm going to admit here. But I think you're going to be looking at so whoever doesn't make the if you say your five best teams right this year, uh, Liverpool, City, Chelsea. United, Arsenal, in whatever order you see fit, right? I think the one out of those five is going to – that'll be one through five. Do you know what I mean? So, for me, Arsenal's fifth. Um, and then sixth is kind of a crapshoot. Honestly, I want it to be Wolves. I want it to be Wolves so badly because I – I want it to be I Wolves too. It. Right. I want it to be Wolves so badly. Feel, feel good but story. I think I think like a – Bloody king cockroach, Jose Mourinho is somehow going to get Tottenham into that sixth place. So I think, to be honest, I think it might go Arsenal-Tottenham. And I know that's so boring because it's like the big six, but I I think that's going to be how it goes. Oh, uh, you know I can't go for Tottenham. <laughs> right, yeah, I'm, I'm going to let Andy go, but like, you know I can't say that Tottenham's going to be good. <laughs> oh, yeah. sorry. Real quick, real quick. And oh, here real is, quick? Here is my hot take. Hot take. You need to have one. Um, I think Everton push for it. I think Everton push mm. for it until like the last month. What about what about Sheffield? Not lovely enough. story, lovely team. Not quite enough. I think okay, I think that they're, they're one of those teams that's going to be. It's a it's a tough win, right? It's like playing yeah, Stoke, right? Like ten years ago, right? It's oh, rainy day at Stoke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you hate playing them. They're really ultra competitive. And, oh, they're such a stingy team. But I don't, I don't think that they're, they're going to quite have it this year. Anyway, okay. Andrew. Thank you, thank you for the floor. Uh, after all, typing <laughs> about uh, Manchester United, I think uh, they will, at least in in my pretend table, I think they're a pretty solid pick for fifth, if not higher. But I, I'm going to slot them in at number five, uh, just outside of the Champions League. I think it's going to go kind of. You know, it's going to go kind of nip and tuck with them, Arsenal, and Chelsea for, for whoever lands below City and Liverpool. Um, number six, I, I, I feel pretty good about Wolverhampton. You know, I really like uh, some of the creative players they have. Uh, Rayo Jimenez up top is just, uh, I think he's getting better by the, by the years. Um, he's kind of a fox in the box 
which I, I love what he's able to do. Uh, you know, I miss Chicharito, uh, so I'll, I'll name another Mexican striker of Fox in the Box. Um, and then seventh, I mean, you, you said, I believe you said Tottenham for what, six? Um, yeah, I had Tottenham at six, Everton at seven. I, I, don't, I don't think, this, this might be some of the West Ham bias in me, but I actually don't think Tottenham even lands number seven. I, I think Harry Kane is a little bit of a, I'm gonna, is a fraud. <laughs> I, I was going to say it. I was going to say it. He's, I think he's closer to the finish line than people would like to believe. I think he's a little bit of a really? striker. Yeah, I don't. How old is he right Nathan now? Nathan him. Well, he's what, like 32? But, you know, he's well, I didn't realize he was that old. so good. But um, I, I, don't, I don't believe in his abilities. And he might, he might go out tomorrow whenever they play and, and bag a hat trick. And then I'm going to be begging you to delete this podcast. But it's fine. Um, you know, but I also just I also just have a large disliking for Jose Mourinho, and, and I don't think, we all? Uh, yeah, and I, I just don't love his ability to rally the dressing room around him. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's his management style is so you know adverse what Jurgen Klopp does, where he gets the players to love him. I mean, he almost seems like he's at war with his own players half the time, and that you know it just it just does not seem like a nice uh, relationship. Um, <laughs> So you need to read a book, by the way. Okay. Well, I love reading books. It's called The Special One. Both of you, actually. It's written by a Spanish journalist whose name I'm going to forget, but it was translated into English. And it's about Mourinho's three years at Real Madrid and exactly what you said, how he psychologically manipulated his players. No, it's literally started conspiracies in the Spanish press that Guardiola was paying off the refs for Barcelona to win. That's garbage. No, but honestly it is. But But it's so entertaining, right? Yeah, there's that. But the lengths he went to, Alex, just because he was just so invested, like believing his own lies in the end makes him sound crazy. But anyway, Andy... Uh, F. Jose yeah. Mourinho, continue. Yeah, Jose Mourinho is, is not uh, finishing seventh. Um, I have finishing seventh Newcastle United. And, and Tom, you're drinking. <clears throat> Keep the drink in your mouth. Don't spit it out. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think I really, like, I really like the signings they had this summer. I actually wrote uh, you know, a cheeky little blog post about it. Uh, you can read it uh, if you feel oh, like it. Oh, 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 we can, oh, we can definitely plug the blog on here. But I wrote a little bit that, you know, I think they quietly had the best transfer window of any team in the league. I mean, the, the, the fact that they got Callum Wilson, uh, Jeff Hendrick, I think is a great addition. Um, you know, those, those two alone, who's the third they got? Uh, the left back, get his name. Um, from Norwich, excuse me, I think his last name's Lewis. I should know better. Um, you know, he's he's a 22 year old that has a, you know, bundles of potential, and I really like what he, what he did last year with Norwich. Sorry, and, sorry, sorry, sorry. The 22 sorry. year old from where? What club? Norwich, Norwich. Oh, Norwich. Norwich, you. Norwich. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> I think he's a terrific. Is that Sorry, a I'm having to turn to alcohol after hearing. Is that a term. Peroni? What are you a, a you're a, a makeshift hipster from uh, <laughs> like what the heck are you? It's oh, oh, man. Oh, oh, man. It's like the same argument that people have for like saying like oh it's Towson. No, it's Towson. Like you need to over pronounce the. Wherever he's from, Jamal Lewis, <laughs> I think is a, is a great addition. He had uh, the most key passes today, according to who scored against uh, West Ham. And uh, I just I really like what he he does. He's a good addition. And 
So I think Newcastle could push, probably fail in doing so, but I think they could push at least into the top half, if not close to a Europa League. But I may as well throw them at seven. I mean, what's the, what's the point of not having a hot take? No, that's I, a, no I, I like the hot take. I think that the hot take's exciting. Um, so I guess for me, I'm going to put Arsenal definitely in there because I do think that the addition of William um, uh, in, in, that, in that free transfer from Chelsea and obviously the, um, uh, the signing of, uh, of Gabriel from Lille um, and also they got uh, Danny Ceballos in a loan. A um, couple interesting uh, uh, signings that they have there also – Cedric's oh, I'm gonna mess up that name. I'm just gonna Cedric, Cedric and, Suarez. Yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, the old Southampton guy. Yeah, he he's he's class. Yeah, he's a good backup, role player. Yeah, he yeah. offers he offers stability. Play um play a lot of different positions as well as a left back, can cover at centre back, sometimes play a bit of left mid. He's one yeah. of those players you like to have. Yeah, and I really like that. I really like I, I think I like the idea of the signings because they didn't go out for like the big splash like they did when they got Aubameyang and like they did when they got Lacazette and those guys. Um, and like they did when they got, um, oh man, uh, Nicholas Pepe. Pepe. Yeah, yeah. I think but... that's really interesting you bring that up, Alex, because I think you're maybe seeing a bit of a, straight, a change in a strategy, to be honest. Because if you looked at Arsenal, right, last year, two years ago, throw yeah. the cash, throw the cash, big name. And these signings sure from Arteta, right, they seem prudent. You know, they seem, yeah. they seem well, like... Well, I mean, I mean. so I want to say the reason why they, like, throw out the cash is... So I always go back to the ownership. So the ownership is the Kroenke group. <laughs> so Stan Kroenke, obviously the owner. Old. Yeah, owner of the Rams. He's he's obviously a guy from the U.S. who really doesn't know... Doesn't care about, about football. He doesn't care about football. And he's like, oh, I just buy the team just to make it look better on my resume, which I just want to, like... I, I want to do things to him that I don't want to say on this podcast because it's going to be like... <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna yeah, they come after me. Um, but I honestly think that you know, and I think that like his son or something like that is in control now. But I think that Arteta is starting to get you know like more control within the club, and I think that they're actually starting to listen to him as a guy who's been with Arsenal for a while, um, uh, who played with the team was successful, playing with a team who won a few FA Cups and trophies that maybe they're going to be like, oh, we should listen to him more. So, like, he's ha- – I, I feel like that little bit of a – you know, you know that little bit more of a say is really helping create better signings and is creating a better club. Also, the re-signing of, of Aubameyang, um, uh, the three-year extension, was fantastic. He's one of the best goal scorers that they've had in a while. Yeah, like, know, best striker I, in the Premier League for me. Easily best striker in um, – one of the best. I don't want to go like 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 best best because I know that. I mean, obviously, freaking Sergio Aguero is still up there. Like Sergio Aguero's class, and obviously Mo Salah's up there. Mo Salah's class, but he's he's one of the best in my opinion, um, and he's he's one of the best pure goal scorers that they've had in quite a while. I don't want to like. I feel like going to say like, oh, he's the best pure goal scorer that they've had since Henri might be a little bit too far. But, like, honestly, not mm-hmm. that bad of a shot considering mm-hmm. that, like, Olivier Giroud really, really wasn't that. And, and Lacazette wasn't yeah. – yeah. <laughs> Lacazette no, I actually wasn't would, I think you can get away with that. Uh, yeah. So like, the he's I their, think he can. I don't think he's, he's – no, he's no Henri, but he, he's – No, he's – no, no one's Henri. <laughs> okay, <laughs> here's my take. Him. Thierry Henri is the best Premier League striker of all time. I like that take. I'll go with right. it. <laughs> uh, cheers. Cheers. We'll take that. So, <laughs> so you're saying that against Shearer, right? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, just it's two radically different players, but like sure is sure was a number nine, right? Get it on, to the, get him the ball inside the box, he will score. Henri Henri's bread and butter was picking up the ball at the halfway line. Henri did things that people. I've never seen been done. He's so he emasculated. Good. He emasculated Jamie Carragher. I was four years old. One of my first <laughs> footballing memories is watching Terry Henry destroy my favorite centre back, and you know, send him for a. And you don't do that to Jamie Carragher because he'll just chips. It was awful. He'll just. I mean, he'll just like elbow you if you're coming by. Like he's not afraid. He's not afraid to be physical. Not yeah. afraid at anyway, all to be physical. I do have so, a soft spot for Carlos Tevez, just to throw his name in there. But okay, oh, okay. West Ham. Anyway, <laughs> okay, <laughs> he so saved, I'll go. he saved us. He saved us. So, so True. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna you go got Ar- Arsenal at five. Yeah, yeah. So I have, yeah. So I'll go Arsenal at five as a team that could possibly get into, um, into it. And I'm gonna go with Wolves at six because I want the, I want the story. I don't know. I mean, I really don't like Jose Mourinho, and he has Arsenal's number. He has Arsenal's number. Like, it doesn't make any sense, but he just has Arsenal's number, and he's always had Arsenal's number. And it just pains me because I was, like, at, you know, like, at United, they had his number. At Chelsea, they had his number. And I was, like, can you just stop being a manager so, like, I so like Arsenal never has to, like, like I don't want to face you anymore because you just piss me off as a human being. Um, but Wolves was a surprisingly really good – and they were they – were, they, um, they had 59 points at the end of last year with Tottenham. I think it was only goal differential – that um uh, that put them through, like Wolves is a solid team, and they made here. I want to go check the moves that they made just so then I can not sound like a complete idiot when I when I'm talking about Wolves. I mean, they made a few. Um, they got uh, and a good striker, not Silva lad. Yeah, yeah, Silva from Porto. They actually got two guys from Porto. They got Vitinha on a loan, and they got Silva. They got Marcal. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong from Leon and Sarkic from 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 Aston Villa. Uh, honestly, pretty good signings. I know that they had a bunch of departures, but I know a bunch of these guys, either these guys were released or put on loan. So I don't know how important they were. I don't think that they really were that important because one of the guys got, got, got loaned to Grimsby town. So like, honestly, like I'm sure that he was probably just some backup guy. What a club. Oh no, he was, uh, he was no, he was definitely first choice left back that Grimsby town lad. (laughs) <laughs> she's gonna do bits they, in the well, you know what they did one thing one thing i will say and you know let's without without dwelling too much on more um left back didn't they they got rid of was it darty or cody uh yeah, darty uh, darty yeah. who was that he left wing to, back he went to tottenham and he filled that role so well for them filled that role that so could well, be that so. could be a big loss for them to be honest and that's a big and that's a big um uh, uh addition for tottenham who has been a very, like, they obviously went to the Champions League for, I think, two years straight, and I don't really know where they are at. Um, uh, they, yeah, yeah, Tottenham went for Rubbish. two years straight. Yeah, they're, they're just, like, they're just, like, a bang average team. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, like, they're good, but, like, I wouldn't say, like, they're amazing is the way that I – they don't they, – they never, like, surprise you when they're playing. They're not a team where you're like, oh, my God. Tottenham Mourinho Mourinho's never going to surprise you exactly that's the thing is is that they're a really just like they're I, I feel like they're a boring team when it comes to strategy and they're a boring team when it comes to their makeup and I mean obviously Hugo Lloris is one of the best goalkeepers in the world but that only takes you so far having a good goalie because you need another 10 guys that can also be really good in order to make up the team and then obviously 
I, I, Kane, it pisses me off that he's good. He's like, he's kind of like, he's like Sidney Crosby to me. Like, where he's just like, God damn it, you're good. But like, you're good. And like, so he's good. <laughs> That's the thing. Right, right. Here's the thing with Harry Kane. And I think Andy kind of hit the nail on the head here. One thing as a striker in particular, as a player that's just got to run a ton and make runs. Yeah. One thing that ages you more than anything as a striker are injuries. And Harry Kane is what, 27, 28? He has the injury record of a 33-year-old. That is that true. Dude, has that got... dude, so many knocks. And a lot of them have been unlucky, to be fair. What's it? yeah, it's that's just like true. ankle sprains and like a couple of muscle injuries. And these, these things yeah. happen, right? Yeah, but those but, start adding up. That's the thing is, is that like once you get unlucky once, then you get unlucky again, and then you get so, unlucky again, it starts piling up. So I point to Michael Owen. He's only 27. Right. He's he 20, 32 I, earlier. Yeah, that, that's why I was like, yo, he's not 32. <laughs> I, would point, I would point to Michael Owen as the perfect example. So Michael Owen was 23 years old when he won the Ballon d'Or in 2001. A year later, he tore his hamstring. And at 24, he moved to Real Madrid as one of the best strikers in the world. It was rubbish for the rest of his career. Muscle injuries, aged. I know, but also, I mean, even with that, some guys can't translate going to bigger clubs. Like, like that yeah, is a that thing, too. Yeah, that was the too. pressure. Yeah, like, I mean, it's the same, like, I mean, like, I usually think of baseball, but, like, when you go to, like, when you, when you go to play for a team in New York, that's a lot of pressure put on you to because you're in New York, which is one of the meccas of the country. Like, when you go to play for a club like Real Madrid, Real Madrid is one of the best five teams in the world three teams in the world, however you want to say it. Like, they're one of the best clubs in the world. That's a lot of pressure you're putting on one player. Okay. So, it, okay. it is a lot. Um, but, Small. I mean, it, it's – I don't know. Like, I'm, I, I don't know. You could – it's like a toss-up for those, like, for those – for that's like five, six, seven. Like, I could throw Sheffield in there. I could throw Tottenham in there. Leicester could be in there, but I don't think Leicester's going to be as good. I think they're going to regress and be no. kind of mid-table. Um, I actually – uh, Andy's Andy's pick with Everton coming in there, like that's Tom, a possibility. Actually. Oh, Tom came in with Everton. Yeah, Tom, Hello. Sorry, that was um. That's a better it, choice than Newcastle. I'll tell you that. Oh, you were Newcastle. That's what I, I was. I I'm was sorry. thinking Everton I before you said myself. it. No, I said Everton myself. first. Oh, I had to roll the dice real quick. Guys, guys, it's been a long night for me, so please forgive <laughs> me. But I mean, Go both ahead, of those, man. Everton and Newcastle. I mean, they finished twelfth and thirteenth in the league last year. Honestly, any one of those teams could make a charge. I don't know. I I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to say Burnley. I, I know that I know that they had one of the best goalkeepers in the league last year. But again, a goalie can only take you so far. Fast. So, um, but yeah, I think that's I I would say that's I would say like a combination of Tottenham, Wolves, and Arsenal could be competing for that six, and then one of those teams would obviously slot in at seven. Um, but I could see a Sheffield in there. I could see an Everton in there. I don't know. I'm, New, Newcastle might be a stretch, but also it might not be a stretch. Like, like honestly, there are teams that kind of come out of nowhere and just say, "Hi, I'm here." Like, like <laughs> I mean, like Newcastle hasn't New, New, Newcastle for a while hasn't been able to like 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 Newcastle's been battling with relegation, then got relegated, then came back up into the prem, but they've never really had that breakout season and maybe that season is this season who knows i don't think we expected 
Yeah, a huge, I mean, gigantic club. And I don't think we expected Sheffield to do anything like they did last year. So That's it's, true. a lot of it is, is, is kind of, I think you can predict the top four more or less, but, the, you know, yeah. Queen is a little bit of a toss-up. Yeah, from like from which like which is why five this to... idiot said Newcastle at seventh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Let's not call him an idiot. Let's just call him. He's it, it's 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 a hot take. He's gonna owe me a bear or two when he gets that one wrong. So I don't, yeah, don't, uh, don't worry. It's, it's a... gonna. I'll, I'll give you something better than a Peroni. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it, it's it's a hot take, but I like the hot take. So I think from here, I think you know only the best way to go from here is down because we're already going down. Um, so let's what yeah. So let's talk about the relegation battle this year. So we obviously have. So if we're gonna, I, I think quickly, let's talk about the three promoted clubs. So Fulham, West Brom, and Leeds. Um, I think that of uh, well, let's start off. How many of those three teams do we think are gonna stay up? I I think Leeds United manages to stay up. Um, almost maybe I'm just kind of infatuated with what. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa does, or however pronounce that. Sorry, uh, <laughs> Bielsa. Bielsa, thank you. It's easier to write than talk. Um, this is true. This I, like, is I true. like his style, um, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't love Fulham, and I love I love West Brom purely because Slavin Bilic, uh, former West Ham manager. But but I, I don't love what they what they have this year. Mm. Okay, so okay, so you're going one stays up, or you're going two? Yes. Uh, okay, one, so stays one stays up. Okay. So you know what I'll. I'll be hopelessly optimistic, and I'll say two. Okay. Um, I don't think Leeds are as good as anyone as everyone seems to think they are. I think they'll be good for a while, um, but I think a lower a lower mid table is probably what awaits them. And I think West Brom. Why not? Why not? I think they stay up a bit, but I think no, I think Fulham Fulham are a, Fulham are a perfect up down candidate. To be honest, yep. now you think about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I'll I'll optimistically say too. Although I think West Brom are probably in for a relegation scrap. Yeah. I'm stuck between one and two because I do think that Leeds is going to stay up. I don't know if yeah. they're going to have the season that that Sheffield had coming up. Um, but I think uh, I agree with Andy that it's going to be like, or uh, and, no, Tom saying that it was like a mid table. Um, yeah, see, the long night, sorry. <laughs> long night, mate. <laughs> it's a long night. But All the okay. sports blend into one at some point. Yeah, as a ball. That's a good statement. Um, but yeah, no, um, I think I'll, I'll be as optimistic as saying that they'll get 10th. I, I think that might be too optimistic uh, for Leeds. 14th. 14th? Yeah. I'm going to say 10th. 13-ish, yeah. I'll, I'll I don't – as no, just, as, I mean, no, it's totally no, like no, all of us are just spitballing. Well, it. well, no, I'm going to say as optimistic as 10 yeah. and I'm going to say as pessimistic as 16. So like, you know, in between that range. Um, okay. Uh, I'll, I'm debating between one and two. Um, West Brom, I don't know. Like Slavin Village was, was good um, when he was at West Ham in the in – the, right. like, yeah, yeah, until it wasn't, which he shouldn't have been – fired that's my that's also take of mine he should not have been let go yeah that was that was a whole thing and honestly i honestly do think that 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 moving stadiums has played a huge role oh absolutely yeah it's, but then we're getting down a rabbit hole i don't don't want to no no no, no, yeah, no don't no, start no. that don't start that because <laughs> no, andy no. will lose his mind no i i um, just wanted to bring it up in the thing but um uh mm. oh i'll say one and a half i'm just gonna like i'm like teetering on like i'll uh, like, 
they're gonna West Brom's gonna be in a relegation battle. I don't think that Fulham's that good. Like, like honestly, I was telling you guys pre-pod. Uh, I saw a thing on Twitter and they said that people were like people already after losing one match were comparing them to Derby County 0708, who for those that don't know had the least points in a Premier League season with 11. So like if you're going to yeah. compare it to a team that's that bad, that's not uh, a good sign. In Fulham's in Fulham's uh in Fulham's corner, I will stand now, even though I think they're going to get relegated. Uh, I actually didn't think they played that horribly against Arsenal today. I saw a lot of good build-up play, some you know, good, fast interchange. I saw things from Fulham that I did not see from West Ham. You know, Fulham played a lot better than West Ham, even though they they, they conceded one more goal than, than West Ham did. Um, Interesting. I, I think Fulham might surprise. I still have them going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I don't think they're going to score, score enough goals at the end of the equation. You know, purely, really from that respect, I don't think they'll stay up. But Okay. Um, so I guess from that, so what we have, so we're between one and two teams um, also getting relegated and or basically like from 16 to 20 will be the teams that will be competing for that relegation battle. Who do we think are going to be those other teams that will be included in that? Okay, I'm excited um, to do this. Um, so, I'm fairly comfortable going bottom to 18th. Okay. So, fewest points in the Premier League. Sorry, lads, Fulham. <laughs> poor, I poor. think. <laughs> poor Fulham. Um, and I'm going to have to say, at 19th, I think, is going to have to be West Ham. That's exactly where I put them. That's amazing, actually. <laughs> That's amazing. See, the, yeah. funny, the funny thing is, is it so? I saw I saw a bit of that game today, and um, I watched them actually quite a bit last year. Somehow I don't know, but um, point point is is that they just when you've got Mark Noble, who is a club legend. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. as actually Andy put very eloquently, when this dude's thirty three, I believe, yep. playing the number ten, just attacking mid position, a position he's not made for. Nope. And hoofing it up to a striker who wasn't really a striker, to be honest. Yep. And it, 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 they just don't look like a connected unit. And I think if you're going to play in the Premier League, and fuck it, even if you're going to be bad, at least have a system, you know? Yeah. Even if you're rubbish, play like you have an identity. And I just watched that game thinking, are they just hoofing it up to, a, to the pitch to a converted right midfielder right now? Yeah. And... I, yeah. I think they are. They are, honestly, Andy. And, you know, I never – I will happily uh, make fun of a team that should finish third and will end up finishing seventh. Like, honestly, if you want me to go in on Chelsea, United, whatever, I don't think there's any any fun in talking trash on a relegation team, but I just don't think – No fun in it. No fun in it. Um, and then 18th, Brighton. Thanks for the memories, lads. Um, it's been nice. I think they got a bit lucky to get away with it last year. Nice little run of form at the end of the season. I just, I just think they're, they're a team to get found out. Do you know what I mean? I just don't think that they're good enough. And I think you see this quite a lot in the Prem. You know, a, a team that maybe shouldn't stay up one year somehow carries that momentum into the next, which pretty much Brighton did, right? And then you're looking at a third season, and I think the magic wears off. Yeah, those are, those are good chances. Uh, I really like the Brighton one. Um, of course, I'm going with... Fulham in 18th. Um, in 18th? Is, well, yeah, why would I do that? But I'm going with it now because it's... <laughs> um, 
I guess, yeah. How many well, parties have you had, mate? I honestly, uh, we're there. No, it's the 19th. Uh, West Brom in 20th. Uh, I'll go with, um, which now that I'm saying, I'd like, to, I'd like to flip West Brom and Fulham. If you would do like. it, flip it. Um, yeah, I'll flip it. Yay. <laughs> I, really like, I really like West Brom, and I think they could stay up. I really think they could. Um, Charlie Austin. My hero. Yeah, no, and I like. Legend. I mean, they, they have they have some good, uh, you know, with Pereira uh, as a creative player. Uh, they just got Grady D and guy from West Ham. Uh, and before I start a monologue, the last twenty minutes on West Ham, uh, you know, I think he's the type of player that we should never have let go. Um, and I think it says a lot about the issues that West Ham has. But it could work out phenomenally for West Brom to have a player of his. You know, attacking quality and creativity at such. Hey, a they'll help out other teams. That's a good thing, right? Yeah, no, West Ham help. <laughs> you can like help, cheer you, for other guys. <laughs> if they need three points, man, just play West Ham. That's all I need. <laughs> but West Ham has. West Ham is in a world of trouble because, you know, I think, you know, Tom kind of started. You know, what what are the the points that I would touch on? But you have Noble, playing as a number ten, and and he. Even when he was 22, he was not playing as number 10. He's always been a box-to-box midfielder, and he's not expected to score anything but penalties. Um, and it's, instead today, he was expected to kind of, you know, fill this magical gap between the holding midfielders and Antonio, who, as you said, is a converted right mid, who we struck gold at the end of last season when he scored eight goals in nine matches. But that was a fluke. I mean, four of those were against uh, Norwich, or however the hell you pronounce it. As- Norwich. Thank you. Um, you know, four of those were against Norwich, uh, and uh, getting better. Thank you. I'll, I'll keep trying all night. But um, <laughs> you know, West Ham does not have an identity. You, you look at them trying to play, and it's like, oh, they're going to pass between you know the fence a little bit. They they don't have any route forward because they don't know they don't have any runs. You know, they don't even really try to take on it. A, you know, when they pass it to Fredericks, for instance, at, at right back, it seemed like he was his first instinct when he got the ball as a right back was to immediately pass it back to is it the up. And it's like, no, maybe you should look forward and, and, and take on take and, and try to try to start something. We're, we're losing the game here. You know, like we're, if you're down one nil, like you have to make, you know, make something happen. And, and those were just, it was a really disappointing match today. And yeah, one, one match. Sure. But then you look at the six games ahead and it goes, against I forget the exact order but the end of that run is they have Man City and then Liverpool back to back and so to end that run uh, they have Wolverhampton in there they have Arsenal next week um, which actually there might be a break for cup action but they have Arsenal next and whenever that comes it's not going to be pretty and it could technically go they could have zero points by October 31st which is a very scary Halloween so it's a very scary Halloween it would be. I mean, I could just dress up as uh, David Moyes for, for Halloween and everyone would be What's terrible. the – sorry for the obscure reference, Alex, that none of your listeners will get, but okay, there, is a, there is a Stormzy lyric where he's talking oh, about Manchester United. I love Stormzy. Where he goes, I've come to your team and I fuck shit up. I'm David Moyes. <laughs> and that is just like – sure I want to resonate with Andy. Yeah, you know, I actually cannot even blame David Moyes. That sounds weird. I thought you were going to say I can't blame Stormzy for saying the lyric. Well, well no, I, I, can't, I can't blame him either. But I cannot blame him. In this, in this case, I can't blame David Morris. And I think he was undercut by his owners. He wanted to play 
attacking football with young players as kind of the, the centerpiece. He wanted Dean Ghana as part of that team. Uh, instead, the owners shipped Dean Ghana off to a team that's going to be battling relegation with them. It just seems absolutely you know, counterproductive. Thing. Um, so I think David Moyes could be given more support. They have no money is the issue because they, they, they shipped over $100 million on signings for Emmanuel Pellegrini, and that didn't go well. Um, so, you know, they're in kind of a, you know, a, a bad state. Um, but the players are kind of in revolt. I mean, I don't know if you saw the tweet from Mark Noble, you know, saying that he's, you know, gutted and, and was very against the decision to sell Diangana. Um, you know, Will Shear is about to get his contract cut, like completely axed, which is just a bizarre move. But sure, I suppose that's the best way to do it. Uh, Arsenal reject. Yeah, um, it, it's just that the whole entire fabric of the club seems to be um, in shambles. And I'm waiting. You know, you know I'm waiting for it. Yeah. I'm waiting for, so once Sunderland actually get good, right, and there's no reason for Sunderland to lie die, I'm waiting for a Come On You Irons or something, like another Netflix series about the fall of a, of a Premier League club. And I think it could well happen. Hey, wait, was there, it, it could. Was there a thing I, I, like that on Sunderland? Yeah, so yeah. So Sunderland till I die. Fantastic. Yeah, check it out. Absolutely Great. Definitely fantastic. I feel. So, I mean, how how much does the Stadium of Light hold? How many fans does that hold? And like, <laughs> they're 40, in the yeah, they're in like 30, they're in like 40. they're in like League One now, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. But but Man. the thing is, the thing is for West Ham, if they get relegated, not they they don't own their own stadium, but. You know, so that, that's going to drastically reduce the profits you make when you go down. It could be absolutely devastating. I mean, they, they got rid of this beautiful old stadium that they could have renovated instead of in this, in this bowl that the fans are very detached from the pitch. Um, you know, it, it just, you know, they, they kind of sold this dream and we're, you know, it's, it's blowing up. In oh, they were, oh, they were riding so high off of that seventh place finish. And they were yeah, guaranteed yeah. like riches and, and more. So it, it's I, I think I think we're gonna see kind of the, the death of a club here. I don't think anyone really is gonna care, to be honest with you, because West Ham is a little bit of a you know, it's not like they're any good. Like, they've never been that good. So I don't think anyone's gonna be like, Oh, great loss that we we can't have an away to East London. We can't see the Stratford shopping center. Oh no, it's cool. <laughs> like it's you I don't think anyone bloody cares. American. Anyway. <laughs> so you know, go on with, uh, you know, whatever else you want to talk about. I could go on for ages, and I do not want to do Right, that. yeah. Okay, let's shut them up. Alex, who are your bottom three, mate? All right, so my bottom three, um, who am I going to go? I'm going to go Fulham 20. I'm going to go mm, – I don't know how good Villa is going to be this year. because I, So, I'm looking at the bottom of the table. Um, surprisingly, Newcastle and Crystal Palace lost four of their last five matches each. Uh, Brighton – uh, took, let's see, took five points from their last 15. Um, I'm not, I'm not really feeling that high on them. I could see them as an 18. Uh, it's just that 19 that I'm, that I'm like, I don't know because it could be West Ham. It could be West Brom. I don't know how good Villa is. So it could be Villa because they barely escaped. Um, Villa my overachievers this year, but we'll get to that. Okay. Um, I'm stuck between I'm stuck between West Ham and West Brom. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna give Andy a bright spot here, and I'm gonna say West Brom, and I'm gonna say West Ham are 17. Wow, we just we stayed up by the, the skin of our teeth. Literally, literally, it's gonna be the great escape that Leicester did. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, where well, West they... Ham did it themselves uh, with with Tevez. Uh, what was it? 2009? I think that was. No, it was earlier than that, mate. It's way was earlier. It? It's 2006. Oh. No, can't have been six because he would have played in the FA Cup final against Liverpool. You know, the one you lost. Um, wow. Man, man, what a... In 2007, <laughs> wouldn't it? Anyway, okay. Uh, okay. I, will, yeah. I will research and then Alex <laughs> continue. Yeah, so, man, I like I don't want that to happen. See, Andy got so depressed that I was like, yo, I like, like I don't want that to happen. <laughs> that, that makes me so sad. It almost, I almost feel just, sorry, I'm talking about West Ham again. It was no. like, 2006. Was it? Ah. Oh, bravo. Honestly, Tom with the West Ham knowledge. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anything will change in this club unless we go down. And it's the really? weird, it's the danger of, you could go down and you could go to the Sunshine route, the Portsmouth route, the Coventry route, the Blackpool route. You know, you could, so many examples of teams that go down and then never come up ever again. Uh, and, you don't want to be. You don't want to be a port come up in a, in a new in a new renewed way with 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 a you know focus on. You can have a new identity as, as how to actually play the game of football, and you could have uh, a see, core. see. Well, do you think they're gonna go like like like? What do you think is gonna happen? Do you think they're gonna go down, stay down for a few years, and then come back up, or do you think it's gonna be like a one year thing, like like a Newcastle? It, it would be multiple years um, if the, if it did happen, just because they have so much dead. Weight in contracts and and you know the wage bill is okay. largest in the league um and it would just it would just be i think it would be hard to recover in an immediate year but again enough of west ham let's move on yeah hey that's hey but um oh man so uh yeah I, i'm 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 torn between them at 19 um uh i mean i went i went west brom at 19 west ham could be at 19 honestly um, but there's definitely going to be a fight uh, to see who's going to stay up. Um, so, so Tom just alluded to it. Uh, we're going to talk about overachievers and underachievers in terms of teams, uh, in terms of clubs. We could also go players if you want to do that. Um, so, what? No? Okay. I mean, sorry, it's your podcast, no, mate. No, sure no, I'm no, like... no, no, that's fine, honestly. <laughs> but yeah. it's like I've got 200 players to choose from. Yeah, Come on now, you're making this yeah. far too difficult. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's just go overachievers and underachievers with clubs. Let's start out with overachievers. Who do you think are going to be our overachievers this year? Well, I alluded to it, but I'm going to have to go with Aston Villa. Now, why are you going with Aston Villa, Tom? I am glad you asked, guys. So <laughs> here's the thing. I believe that there is a little bit of magic at Villa Park. I think quietly they've got quite a good squad there. John McGinn is a fantastic centre midfielder, puts in a lot of work box to box. Douglas Luiz, the Brazilian lad, he's still only 22 and he looked really good. Uh, Jack Grealish in that attacking midfield position. He's definitely a bit mercurial, but he can have his impacts on the game. Tyrone Mings is a quality centre back. Um, they've got you know, a couple of good fullbacks now. I think it's Gilbert and... Um, there's another lad, but you know, they've got quite a lot of individual talent. And I don't know if you guys remember, but they spent 30 million pounds on a striker before they got promoted last year. Lad called Wesley, who is one of my favorite Premier League players, despite only having played in three games ever. 
I learned some things about Wesley because I did my research on Wesley because I thought Wesley was a nice name. Um, Wesley fathered, fathered the child at 15 years old in Brazil. What one of his legs, one of his legs is two inches longer than the other. And he's just an all around beast. But anyway, no, he's actually, as it turns out, he's actually quite good at football. And um, he got injured, I think. I think he did his ACL, actually. But with him back, more of a proper striking force. Because that was their problem last year. They just didn't score enough goals. They weren't bad defensively. Just couldn't score enough. So I reckon with him back, there are rumours of them looking at a few good wingers as well. Uh, Bertrand Traore at Lyon's been thrown around. Um, sorry, Werder Bremen, uh, Bertrand Traore in the, in the Bundesliga. Um, and they might even get Liverpool's Rian Brewster on loan for a season, which could be huge, as just as another striker. So I think there's a lot of talent in that club. Uh, Dean Smith clearly believes in that project as well. And um, I, I actually think that things could come together, you know. I mean, for an overachiever, you've got to say it's not like, for me, for an overachiever, it's not like the pieces are necessarily already in place, more as the stars have got to align to bring them together. And I... I you know, I I think that I think that could happen. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Villa. Maybe maybe I like that sneaking into the top half there. Ooh, why not? Let's give him let's give him tenth. And you know what? If I'm wrong, so be it. Let's just say I've had too many Peronis. <laughs> uh, I, I like the Villa uh, the Villa prediction quite a lot. Um, you know, I think they're pretty well set up to to do some good things this year. Uh, I already talked about Newcastle being kind of a... You know, Surely that counts. Surely that has to be your overachiever as well. No, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm just for being different. I, I think I'm going to throw in uh, Southampton um, just because I, 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 I like so many of their players. I just think they're set up really nicely, uh, this, the squad. And I think if Che Adams be a better striker like he was at the very end of last season, I think he can give Danny Ings a strike partner. That that's what they need. Um, so yeah, Southampton I would say is my overachiever. Uh, maybe Crystal Palace could be in there too, just because Zaha. Uh, I really like the signing of Eberichi Eze. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I would go with Southampton as my main uh, overachiever. I like that pick. Um, my pick is gonna be really boring, but honestly, screw it. I don't care. Arsenal. I like yeah. I I honestly I like that pick as an overachiever because they were like eh last year like they were good at times they were bad at times it was just like it was like you didn't know which arsenal you were going to get week to week and I really 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 want them to do well and I like the signings that they that 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 they were able to do this season I really hate the fact that that um Jacques is still on the still on the team and they still rely on him in that in that first team because he is the worst midfielder I've ever seen play on that team like <laughs> god he is so bad he is like he's slow as hell he can't you shoot. know what it, it's, it's just it's, it's it's so painful to watch him do you know what I will actually I'll actually put put myself on the line for Granite Jacker justice for Granite Jacker I think he no, is <laughs> He is a fantastic passer. He's got he's a, a good cannon. Passer. He's got an absolute. He's got a fucking thunderbolt of a right foot. 
the one problem the problem with Granite Jacker is that he can't defend. Granite Jacker needs someone and he's alongside slow. him. So slow for a midfielder. Do you know? Do you know? He thinks he's Jabby Alonso, but he's not good enough to be Jabby Alonso. <laughs> no, but at the not. same time, he's that kind of player. He's a register. He's well. The word you'd say is a register, right? He's a creative okay. midfielder who doesn't defend that well, but has the intelligence to make it look like he kind of can. He needs a proper defensive midfielder alongside him, and he can dictate a game beautifully. And Arsenal but, doesn't have that right now. Exactly. Plug Xhaka in next to Declan Rice, and suddenly West Ham's midfield is looking ping. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think he's I think Jack is quite a good footballer, but uh, Arsenal amplifies every single one of his weaknesses. That, yeah, that is a hundred. Maybe maybe that's why I hate him. <laughs> that's probably, this probably is true. Good. <laughs> That's probably a good take there, um, but like I like I like Arsenal's. Sorry, I like I like Arsenal's front three a lot. I like I, I think that they're fantastic. Like I think that it's fantastic. Aubameyang is is so unreal. He's he's so good. Um, I I think that Pepe is going to continue to grow. I don't know if he's worth eighty million pound because like j- just saying someone's worth that much is just a crazy ask. Um, but I think he's gonna be he's gonna continue to be good. Lacazette, I think if they can use him in the right way, he's gonna be really good. Um, I like the addition of Gabriel in the back four. Um, I, I think that the back four can still improve, but it's definitely improved a lot. I, I still have faith in Sayad um, in in, in Um It's it's like I really liked the signing at the time, and I think it regressed a little bit. But I think that he's still really good in that in that back four. And I really like Bellerin because they can use Bellerin both as a right, both as a right back, but they can also like he basically turns into a right winger um, um, if he um, if he runs up the um, uh, uh, the uh, um, if he runs up the field and gets himself into a position um, to either cross the ball or do something like that. Uh, I just like I want to see them exceed expectations because expectations for them have been the most average of expectations in the last however many years because you watch them you're like oh my god this team is so good and then they regress and and like people like i've already seen that on twitter where it's like oh like you watch arsenal for a couple of day, games and you're like oh my god this team is going to win the premier league and then like two days and then like two games later they lose to watford and um are uh like like in back-to-back matches they lose to watford and brighton and you're like yep yep this is the same arsenal of old and then they'll lose 4-0 to Southampton, and then they'll beat Liverpool 3-1, and you're like, oh, maybe this is a new Arsenal team. But you know it's not. I, I want them to be – I want them to get rid of that stigma and just play better. And I think that they finally have the pieces that they, that they need in order to be that team. It's just whether Arteta can put it together as a manager and place guys in the right places and have them um, – uh, coagulate together so i have them as my overachievers maybe that's just me being biased but no i i don't mind that i think i think you make a few good points there. i think arsenal have a lot of really good pieces and i think arteta is a good manager who could become a great one so what's I, next? I, yeah i 100% agree with that um underachievers who do we think are going to underachieve this year lester i think um and that's a boring take i know it's it's a bit dull but I mean, you look at the squad they have. I mean, just thinking about Vardy as one of your best strikers in the league. I mean, Schmeichel's among the best goalies there. Pereira's a fantastic right back. I really love that midfield three of Tielemans, Ndidi, and James Madison. 
But I think the Brendan Rodgers magic just wears off a bit. I think he's taken, put it this way, he's taken that team to the best they can be. And the only way to go now is backwards. So to me, they don't have the quality to improve. I don't think they brought in enough quality to improve. I think, you know, they've got some talent, but I think the second half of last season showed just how vulnerable they can be when they're not at their best. So I don't think it's going to be that dire, but I think an eighth or a ninth might be more realistic. I think they'll really slide a bit. So based based on how they look for the first half of last year, I'd say that's a massive underachievement. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, I say Chelsea is my underachiever. Uh, even though even though I put them, I think I, I said they'd be fourth in my earlier prediction, but if they don't end up in at least the Champions League spots with the amount of money they've spent on uh, Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, uh, Hakim Zayic, uh, Thiago Silva, I mean, the list goes on, Ben Chilwell. I mean, it's just the, the money they spent, if they don't put it into product, uh, it's it's a massive underachievement. So I think the pressure's on. So we'll see if they can handle it. I, I like that. Um, I would have said Leicester, but I, I know I talked about Sheffield possibly being, um, you know, a team that could challenge for that. But I could also see them as a giant underachiever because they overachieved a lot last year. They did things that I don't think anyone expected them to do. I mean, they finished with 54 points. They were two points behind Arsenal five points behind Wolves and, 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 and Tottenham. So they were basically – they were five points behind a spot in, in Europe, in European football. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe saying that it was an – maybe saying that it's going to be an underachievement this year is more just like this is what Sheffield United actually is. Um, but also, I mean, like I could see, honestly, them being like a mid-teens. Like I'm not going to – I don't want to go as far as saying like they're going to be in a relegation battle. No. Um, I'll say like them between 11 and 13 is a real possibility um, because with, with the amount of quality of clubs that you have at the top half of that, uh, of that table and how close it was last year to try to get those, you know, spots. I mean, looking here, uh, 11 to 11 to three was decided between 14 points and then three to one was 33. So honestly, the, the the amount of separation between teams eleven to three uh, to three was not that much. And while while Sheffield United really made a play in saying that hey, we're a team um, uh, to not mess around with. I mean, if you look at their last uh, five matches at the end of last year, they got six out of fifteen because they won their last two, but they also lost their last. They 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 lost three before that. So. I, they 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 really overachieved last year, and I think they're going to kind of regress back to what I think people thought that they were going to be this year. That's a decent shout. Yeah. Um, so I think falling back to earth a little bit. Yeah, definitely yeah. falling back to earth. I think that's a really good way of putting it. So I think we have do 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 we want to do like a player of the year thing? Like, is that something yeah. that we want to do? Maybe just a quick, quick shout. Yeah, quick shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quick shout, and then we can go into managers and then kind of wrap everything up. Sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll just uh, right. go real quick if you want, Tom. Yeah. Uh, player of the year, Raheem Sterling. Okay. Yeah, good fair. pick. So, so I think Kevin De Bruyne is used to getting all the plaudits at Manchester City and for good reason. But I think without David Silva's leadership in that squad, I think Man City may need to turn or may need more production, I suppose, from other options. And I think they brought in a bit of competition 
for Sterling, obviously, that Fernand, Fernand Torres, if I believe, uh, is a young Spanish winger, plays that same kind of spot. And um, I think Sterling is always, I always feel like he's one season away from going to 17 goals and 10 assists to 25 and 15. And he's still young enough, so that could happen. So, you know, the bias in me is a big England fan wants to say that Raheem takes it to the next level this year. And I like that, yes, I like that so, take, though. That's a really good so take. I, so I think we're going to go with Raheem Sterling. And the chances are that it's De Bruyne again or Van Dijk or whatever. But we'll go with Sterling for now. I'm boring. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, um, think, as, as Big Shaq would say, he's raw sauce. Uh, <laughs> he's, just, he's terrific in, uh, you know, on the ball. The man's got I the mean, sauce. Yeah, he's oh, just he's a terrific good, player. What? <laughs> I, I have no no words to describe how good he is. He's just is very good. Yeah. I've listened to too much grime music to to I, I know. Good lad. <laughs> um, ah oh, man, who I want to go with? I could go with Masala. I could go with I could go with the Bruiner. Screw it. I'm gonna go Homer again. I'm gonna go Aubameyang. I'm gonna say that uh, I'm gonna say that he go like. I don't, I don't, this is an Arsenal take, but this is also just like a league take. Bombing had a really, really good year last year. Not having, the, not, not having to worry about contract negotiations anymore is going to really help out his play. And he has been really good. I think he won the Golden Boot last year, did he not? Or did he? No, nah, Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy. Nah. Vardy. But he's been in that race for the last couple of years since he's gotten to Arsenal. And, yeah. like, he looked really good. Um, in the, in this first game, it looked really, really good. Um, uh, kind of, and I guess what you, what you want to consider is the offseason toward the end of last year, even though the offseason was like a month and a half. So, like, you know, what is an offseason? But I, like, if there's going to be a season that he's going to go off, I feel like this is the season for him to go off. Like, this is, this is, this is the chance that Arsenal needs to get up to being that one of those, like, big four teams again if they want to get into that top four spot and if they need that, basically what I'm riding on is, is that if Arsenal has an insane year, the reason why is, is, is because of bombing is going to go wild. But if they, then he's like, he might go off, but it's not going to be seen as much. So I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't like, I I really don't, I'm saying it more of as riding on the coattails that Arsenal will have an insane year. He will be the reason for that. So that's why I think that it's a real possibility. I think, I think, I'm I'm trying to think who was the last guy to score thirty in a season? Oh uh, no, 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 Salah, Salah scored thirty. No Salah. Yeah, how many scored guys have 32. scored thirty-two? How how many guys have scored thirty in a year? Like Him, not that many. Suarez, right? Ronaldo, oh, uh, Ronaldo, Shearer, right? Shearer might have done it. And I think, oh yeah, and Henri did it. Um, so like not that many. Probably. He could challenge for thirty. Like honestly, on form, yeah. He could challenge for 30, not a question. So it's, it's whether he can actually put the pieces together to do it is, is really the question that everyone's going to ask. But sure. if, he cha- if he challenges for 30 and gets 30, no question, he's getting player of the year. Sure. Um, so I guess from that, let's go to kind of our last topic. So we're going from happy moments to sad moments. <laughs> um, talking about, uh, I guess, managers. So uh, – for for you guys, which manager do you think is going to be the first manager to get sacked uh, in this Premier League season? Well, you know what? I, I'm actually going to change it up a bit here. Um, I know who Andy's going to say, 
and um, he can say who he wants to say for good reason. But I'm going to say that Frank Lampard is the first manager to get sacked. No, no way. No way. I think, I think, I think if Chelsea get off to a bad start, they lose a few games. I think Lampard could well be out by October, maybe, maybe early November. I and I think Roman 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 Abramovich has a history of pulling the trigger on these things. He's done. Uh, wow. And that is a flaming hot take. I could be an idiot for that. I'm sweating <laughs> over here. Wow. <laughs> no, but Go I on, like man. that. I like that. Dude, hot takes are what we like. I, I, it's bold what, what Tom says. Uh, I don't think. Thank you. I think he, if, if he does get sacked, it won't be before David Morris at West Ham. Um, I just think uh, conceivably West Ham could lose its first seven matches, and that is you're going to automatically get fired. Plus, the, the, the real kicker is this is the last season, uh, the, the, the last year of David Moyes' contract, which means it's a lot easier to sack him, uh, less money on the table. Uh, I don't know what Frank Lampard's contract situation is. Um, if, okay, so Tom is holding up two fingers, so two years left. That has never stopped Roman Abramovich before. I mean, he could. Doesn't matter. He could have five years matter. left, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I think just the fact that, you know, Moyes would be a pretty low cost firing, and the fact that West Ham could start the season in terrible shape uh, kind of sets that one up. Yeah, I mean, if they're in relegation for I, I I agree with Andy, unfortunately for Andy's sake, but if they're if they're basically in relegation form within the first ten games of the season or within the first ten matches of the season, he's gone. Um, like I just thought in my head, like what if like Liverpool gets off to like a really like not great start, and then they're like, you know what, Jurgen, like like you won us the league and you were great, but like if if you're like mid table, you're gone, Alex. <laughs> First of all, I don't know what I'd do with myself if you had <laughs> fuck up the sack. Secondly, secondly, he, he wouldn't look that. Some, it, some, it, would, it would take something catastrophic for him to go. It, it, it would. It would take something mind-blowing. But, but, but like, that's what I was thinking it. in my head. I was, like, I, was like, I was like, everything goes well for Liverpool, and then like the next year, just everything falls apart. <laughs> well, you know what? It, it, it could well. Right, but if you look at Klopp's history, to be fair, after his most successful seasons, he's actually had down years the years after, both at Mainz and Borussia Dortmund, but then he's seen out the rest of his contract. I think even if Liverpool are a Champions League quality side, then are competing for a league quality side, which is BS anyway, because of course they'll compete for the title. Yeah. But like, even if they're that, his contract's up in 2023, and he'll, he'll retire after that. I was just I was just thinking like a situation where it was gonna be like a Chelsea a couple years ago where they were like battling for relegation. It was like, what's going on? Like yeah. Chelsea's not supposed to I don't I don't think it's gonna happen, but it popped in my head. Honestly speaking, it's probably Moyes. Um yeah. if anyone were to go, I mean contract situation says it all. Um if you're gonna get rid of anyone, especially in the you know, in what in what West Ham situation is, I think that's probably the best way to do it. Um, yep. But I know, I think that's pretty much it for uh, right, right, right. We've gotten through everything. And um, I, I don't believe there's anything missing. But this has been an absolute pleasure, lads. Yeah, this, I is, love... this has been this has been great. Uh, I'm this so glad that we did this. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. I know. I hope all of you enjoyed listening to it. Um, 
uh, I guess. I mean, I'd of... understand if they hung up as soon as they heard Andy's voice. To be fair, but, um... <laughs> or, 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 or the first after... West Ham mention, it was it was just uh, close out of this thing. It's, it's or, or at the end of it, I, as soon as they heard me saying, "Oh, Jurgen's gonna get the boot," they're like, <laughs> "Unsubscribe." Uh, yes. unsubscribe. Nah, no, it was just it was a fantasy take, guys. Okay, it wasn't actually. <laughs> I, I, there, there's no way in hell it happens unless I mean it is 2020. So honestly, anything could happen. But like, um, but yeah, thank you everyone so much for listening. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on. It was it was great to talk prime uh, the prime with you guys. Um, uh, make sure to listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Leave us a leave us a good rating, like, um, share this, do all that good stuff. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, and yeah, thank uh, everyone. Stay safe, stay healthy, wear a mask, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Awesome.